Get ready to be mesmerized. Get ready to be entertained. Get ready to be informed. And most of all, get ready to listen. The latest sports news, great interviews, and the best coverage from around the nation's capital. It's Listen In with KNN, the sports sound of the district, right now on AM 1340 and 96.9 FM, Fox Sports Radio. Here's your host, Kelsey Nicole Nelson. This show is brought to you by Doc Sports Services. Welcome to another exciting edition of Listen In with KNN, presented right here on Fox Sports Radio, 96.9 FM and 1340 AM, with me, your host, Kelsey Nicole Nelson, and back, as always, the man, Mr. Ray Jones. Ray, what's good with you? How you doing, Kelsey? I'm doing great. I'm in a great mood. I'm ready to talk to these sports. Get right into it. We got a great guest coming on, so I'm excited. Yeah, and speaking of great guests, today we're going to actually welcome in Palmer Alexander III, remember that name. And with that, it means to everyone listening, of course, it's time to sit back, relax, and get ready to listen in and follow along with the conversation, as always, on social media using hashtag with KNN. Looking for winning sports picks and predictions? Since 1971, Doc Sports has been recognized as one of the most trusted names in the sports handicapping industry. For the listeners of this very show, Doc Sports is giving out $60 worth of their premium member picks for free. These are the exact same premium member picks that 1,000 of their current members pay for. And guess what? You get them for free. Just text the word radio to the number 29022. Text radio to the number 29022 for instant access. Doc Sports also provides free picks on every single game. You want NBA picks? Simply Google search Doc's NBA picks, NHL picks. Google search Doc's NHL picks. Need MLB picks? Google search Doc's MLB picks. Remember to text the word radio to the number 29022 and start winning today with Doc Sports Service. Welcome back to Listening with Kanan, the sports sound of the district and beyond. I'm your co-host, Ray Jones, and we are about to get into today's show with special guest, Palmer Alexander. Palmer, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me on. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. We appreciate you. We're very excited, Palmer. Thanks for finally coming on. We know you're a big time person in St. Louis, so we're proud to welcome you here to the DMV Day Sports Show. <laughs> oh, hey, it is... Uh... It is an honor, you know, to be on the show. I listen to the show. So many great guests has come on the show. And then, you know, with uh, my connection with, with, uh, with the DMV, and it's just, uh, I don't know, it just seems really, really cool. You know, uh, the DMV has such an influence on uh, my career and, and, you know, the way, you know, some of those guys have looked after me. Uh, like the great Brian Burwell, yeah. uh, uh, Maurice Drummond, um, mm-hmm. that 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 went down, to, uh, that graduated from Maryland. Yeah, um, you know guys like that, Craig Black, that's on the FM dial, uh, currently uh, in the DC area doing hip hop and R&B. So those guys really looked out uh, for me. So I, I really appreciate again, you know, just being uh, being able to talk to the DMV because they've always taken care of me. 
Oh, well, we definitely do. We always show love to everyone. I'm so biased, of course, being from this area. Um, but of course, it's always great to welcome in each and everyone uh, from around the country onto the show. And again, we're excited to have you on. So I will let my co-host Ray Jones get into it and start into the Q&A with you so we can get to know you better. And again, you're listening to Paul Brown, the third of In the Zone Network. Go ahead, Ray. Hey, Chelsea, your mic is a little muffled. I just want to make sure you clear oh, it up. Oh, cool. All right. Should be better now. Okay. We'll just edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Palmer, uh, before we get into, you know, anything, let's just go ahead and state your teams. What's your basketball team, football team, baseball team, whichever teams you like, so we can just get in and get the formalities out the way. Oh, my uh, – I don't have, any, like, a favorite number one squad, but, I mean, I, I do love Golden State. I've been I've been a fan of them forever. Uh Football, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a team, so I'm, a, I'm an NFL free agent fan. But um, <laughs> I, I know, I know all, I know all too well about those Redskins. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, obviously, Cardinals, Cardinals baseball. Uh, obviously, growing up, you know, Cardinals been a part of my life. Uh, we do have our eyeballs in Brian, uh, Brian Harper, so. Uh, <laughs> and then you guys got our former announcer, you know, uh, Bob Carpenter, you know, Mr. See You Later. So, Bob, love love the way Bob used to uh, call games in St. Louis. So, we, you know, miss hearing him up here uh, doing games. So, see, let's see another DME connection right there, Bob Carpenter. See? I have to ask you, Palmer, are you really a Golden State Warriors fan? You're certain you're not one of those bandwagon fans that hopped on once they got that super team together? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm old. I mean, I'm Mitch Richmond. You know, Chris Gatlin, Billy Owen. Okay. Just to ask you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm that Golden State Warrior. So I'm. <laughs> All right, we'll give you a pass. We'll give you a pass. All right, he's, he's not, he sounds legit because I was definitely gonna quiz him with a couple of, but he he went way back with it, so he, he sounds legit. We'll give him that one. He passes the test. You're on. And Thank even you. Even I hear people say NFL free agent, I feel like that's just a way to protect yourself. From crying on Sundays when your NFL team disappoints. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know what? Uh, I cried the twelve years the Rams were here. The last twelve years I covered them, so uh, <laughs> you know it's kind of uh, you know people say little so hard. You know, some of them are still a little hurt. You know, because of you know them not being here, and I and I, I totally understand that. Uh, but you know what? Uh, covering them was really it was stressful because you know at the beginning you never want to you know create a narrative that they're really bad and you always want to you know give the presentation that okay they're going to be good you try to find the sliver of light and then I mean before the season starts you know you see turkey buzzards you know flying around uh, you know camp so you know what kind of year it's about to be <laughs> and, and and that was before the one to fifteen season so. Uh, <laughs> Wow. Well, definitely glad to. <laughs> we'll 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 let you pass. Because of course, now the Rams in L.A. I mean, what a change that has been. I'm sure you're like, where was this team when they were in St. Louis? Yeah. Oh, but you know, one of the pieces though, uh, you know, Todd Gurley and, and got a chance to see him and, and Aaron Donald when they when they first came to the league, and. You know they just need to be with with the uh, with the type of office coordinator that that has an idea of what a forward pass is and what what it means to complete a forward pass. So you know watching them and and it's good to see him uh, produce. Uh, 
they they got a good team. They 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 really do have a good team. It's, it's fun watching them play. I mean, I have to get over every now and then. I see Tory Holt on the sidelines, you know. But he he's part of the Rams' history, you know. And it's just like Isaac Bruce and Tory Holt uh, and all those guys, you know, we're gonna see them on the sidelines, and we just have to get over it. But I'm glad that they they playing good. I mean, I may be the only one in St. Louis that's probably admitted that, but I'm glad they are. <laughs> hey Palmer, just so you know, at any point. You can come in and hop on that bandwagon with me. I'm a, I'm a diehard Giants fan, but I, I'm switching over to the Rams for this year. So I got a seat right next to me if you want to jump over. You already got a little bit of credit because you were St. Louis. You might as well come on with me. Hey, you know what? The, uh, the thing about the Giants, and, and it's, it's disappointing, you know, watching uh, Eli Manning struggle, you know, in the manner that he, that he is. Uh, that he has been doing. I mean, he's one guy at one point he, he won, I believe, like five out of six road playoff games. I mean, winning in Green Bay, winning handily at one time. I mean, knocking off Tom Brady twice. And then just to kind of see, uh, you know, what he has to work with around him is, is, uh, is, is quite unfortunate. But uh, they got a couple of pieces on, on offense. But, again, you know, uh, I know there's not a lot of love for the blue down there in the DMV. <laughs> yeah. And I, I seem to harp on it all every week, but that offensive line is, is definitely being the downfall for our team. Eli's getting up there in age. He's not mobile anymore. He can't move when that pass rush is coming, so he's making a lot of bad mistakes, not making the best reads, and we're just not mm. being able to utilize all those weapons he has around him. And it's unfortunate for his career to go down this way. Um, I feel like he still potentially had a couple more years, quality years left. Um, yeah, and yeah, and absolutely, absolutely. I just thought that maybe that you know that they would at least prepare, you know, to have somebody to to ready, you know, to to succeed him. Uh, you know, you look at Drew Brees, for example. I mean, he's in his late thirties touching 40, and he looked like he can play another four or five more years, and you're not so much concerned about his backup. You know, it's kind of like saying thing with, uh, with Tom Brady. Eli Manning is, is not, not not quite. It's kind of unfortunate, though. Yeah, definitely unfortunate. But speaking of unfortunate, let's move on to, you know, we were talking about the DMV. Let's talk about these Wizards. How do you feel about the Washington Wizards and the way their season is going right now? They made some pretty big acquisitions in the offseason. You know, they picked up Dwight Howard. Um, they picked up uh, Doc Rivers' son. They also picked up Jeff Green from Cleveland. Um, Austin Rivers, I said Doc Rivers' son, but let's say he's by his real name. <laughs> we knew what you meant. <laughs> Most people only refer to him as Doc Rivers' son. He really hasn't earned his name yet, but, you know, I'm going to be respectful. So Austin Rivers and, like I said, Jeff Green, those are some pretty big acquisitions that you would have thought that the Wizards may have taken that extra step this season. So, Palmer, let me chime in on that a little bit. Tell me how you feel about the Wizards and their season. You, you you know something, uh, you know I'm I'm not I'm not one of the biggest uh, Austin Austin Rivers uh, fans. Uh, you 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 see a lot happening when he's on the court, but there is nothing really happening. A lot mm-hmm. lot of lot of twitch action, a lot a lot of jitterbug action. Uh, a lot of that, it's not really getting a lot of things uh, accomplished. Uh, one thing I, I noticed quickly off the bat is health. You know, and not not being able to have Dwight Howard in there, but that that was a big win, though. Uh, you know, against the Knicks and and getting you know John Wall, he he got going, you know, with 26 points and and you know Bradley Beal, St. Louis guy, who who I who who I was already saying he may be the best player that ever came out of St. Louis until Jason Tatum came along. So 
uh, they, you know, the the Wizards had a, had a great win. They just got to continue to keep building on that, you know, and and you know, sticking with the defense and just spreading the scoring around. But Dwight Howard, I think he's really, really the the glue, uh, you know, for 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 that Wizards team. I mean, at least give them a shot, you know, with LeBron no longer being in the East, uh, it's it's even more competitive because it's it's kind of spread out. But getting out to that two and seven start, it's not not good so far. It's crazy, Palmer. And sorry, go ahead, Ray. But, you know, I had to chime in on the Wizards because just hearing you talk, it was hurting my heart. Like, to have to say at first the Wizards were 1-7, and seven, Palmer, it was it was crazy. It didn't feel right, right? Because everyone's like, well, how in the world are the Wizards a team that have, as you said, John Wall just had a good night after, I think, getting off to a slow start. And, of course, Bradley Bill's always a consistent player. But the Washington Wizards right now are not looking like they could compete in the East. And, yes, they did beat the New York Knicks team, but just get this. I mean, they shot nine for 37 from three-point range through the first eight games. Yes, this is a team with a player like a Bradley Bill and an Otto Porter, who, of course, usually can get you points from behind the arc. So, Palmer, it has been sad times, even though, Ray, I know you're pretty happy, of course. Actually, you're probably pretty sad since the Wizards beat the Knicks, and I know that's your team. So, sorry that the Wizards finally had to get their second win of the season against the New York Knicks, Ray. <laughs> you, you know something, Kelsey, the, the other – I think it was uh, maybe it was last week, and you you made the post on Twitter. What's happening to the Wizards? And, and I just I just happened to you know peeking on it, and I covered my face. I'm like, oh okay, what is happening with the Wizards over here? Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I mean a lot you know a lot of us uh, ex- expected them not not to have not to have this uh, this kind of start. But again, it's it's still really early in the season. But they can't really afford to get really that far behind. I mean. Everybody has has improved across the board, uh, Brooklyn all the way up. Uh, it looked like you know, um, so far you know Philadelphia's kind of right there in the middle. You know about you know about six and five or some somewhere around that around five hundred. So there's some time for you know for the Wiz to to get right back into it. Uh, but they got they got to stay healthy, and Dwight Howard has to show up and play. He has to show up and play. Mm, Let me ask you this, because we're all talking about Dwight Howard, and yes, we're glad he's finally back on the court, because let me tell you, Wizards fans are like, well, I mean, when are we going to see him play? Is Dwight Howard, let's say, was he that missing factor that the Washington Wizards needed to hopefully be back, knock on wood or knock on anything that's near you, to be back hopefully in that Eastern Conference Finals? No. Uh, He was not not the deciding factor. But if you can get maybe 70 games out of him, yeah, because he can still get you a double-double. And, you know, the other guy I forgot to mention, Jeff Green, who who has so much talent, but sometimes he can be an enigma, you know, on the court. You know, there are nights when, uh, you know, he can lead your team to score, and there are other nights where you see him have, you know, 20 points and a rebound. Uh, you just don't know what you want to get you know, night in, night out, but he has a tremendous amount of talent, and there's a lot of athleticism, too, on his team. But, again, going back to Dwight Howard, it's always going to be the help, you know, but when he's healthy, he's still going to get you a double-double, but can he get you 70 to 75 games? We don't know. Mm, Only time will tell. Let me ask you, Ray, do you think the Wizards at all can even get into that Eastern Conference? Let's say, let's can they even get to that Eastern Conference standings? Can they be a one through eight seed? I'm gonna be honest with you. With those acquisitions, I really thought that they were gonna be catapulted into the top four in the East. I thought it was gonna be 
uh, Boston, Philly, Toronto, and then, you know, the Wizards. I really I really believe that those three additions were going to take them to that next level. Um, granted, I, uh, Dwight Howard is injured or he was coming from an injury. Um, it may take a while for him to get back into his playing, you know, his, his rightful playing space. But he, I believe he's still an upgrade over Gortat. And then the additional piece of Jeff Green and Austin Rivers would have just been another spark off the bench. And then, you know, we got the progression of Otto Porter and Kelly Oubre. I feel like they were going to take some steps forward this year as well. I really believe that mm-hmm. the Wizards were going to make some noise. Um, I don't think – I think it's still kind of early, you know. Um, like I said, working Dwight Howard into the system and the other new pieces. It's still pretty early. But I think that they may eventually pull up and be in that top four. Um, if not, then I guess we – if not by all-star break, I think that's when we may have to consider – either moving either Bradley Beal or John Wall or potentially getting rid of Scott Brooks. Um, I think those you'll hear those, those little buzzers in the air probably around January, Christmas time. You know, people really don't pay attention to the NBA until after Christmas. But it, so if January, That's true. They, they don't turn things around by January, you might start hearing the little chatter about making some moves and, like, some big-name moves, not just a Gortat or anything like that. Um, so we yeah, got a little bit of time. I'd say maybe another month or two. Yeah, and I'm just going to just chime in real, real quick. I think uh, John Wall, that would be somebody that, that I would probably try to explore by uh, seeing what you get from. Uh, his shot-making ability still just having improved, and that's one of the things, too, that, that you look at. He can do everything that you want a guy to do on the court, but you still want him to be able to shoot a little bit better. We, we see him point guards uh, being yeah. more of a focal point of, of the offense, and you've got to be able to be able to knock down uh, shots from guys are sagging off you. So, uh, you know, unless unless he's going to shoot, you know, uh, you know, in the single digits like a Rondo or whatnot. But you know, John Wall's a high volume shooter, so you want him shooting in the high forties, and, and he just doesn't do it. So I have a question for you. Then um, I used to always say last year, year before, I think John Wall is the best point guard in the East. Um, where do you see him? Like if they do start to explore trade offers. Which tier do you see John Wall? Is he a top tier, second tier? How much value are they going to get back for him? He he still he has a lot of value. He has a lot of value. I guess it just depends on uh, on, on the team that you know wants to bring him in. The, I I like what he gives you athletically, but I think that uh, the league is filled with so many great shooters. Not being able to knock down shots and you're a high volume shooter, it makes you a liability. Uh, so like Carmelo Anthony, you know, a high volume shooter, uh, but he's mm-hmm. having trouble knocking down the shots. Uh, that's going to lose your games, and you can't really afford that. And I think just staying on that, I actually think right that I would say John Wall is the best two way point guard. Um, oh, I, you know, I, I always say that. <laughs> but you have to make sure you say that because Will Hathaway is attacking us, right? Because everyone's going to be like, <laughs> "What about Kyrie?" and everybody else. But I think John has what it takes. But I think Palmer, you make a valuable point. I mean. John, but he can knock down shots, he's good, but it's not consistent, right? And we're playing a league where you have Steph Curry of the league setting new standards uh, for guards, quite frankly. And John, I think, of course, he's been his, his shot has improved, but it's still not, I think, where we want to see it. But I don't know. I just can't see a Wizards team without a John Wall. And I like the trade possibilities, but I just don't, I don't know if the Wizards have what it takes. I think it starts with the leadership in Ernie Grunfield. Um, I don't think a lot of us are very confident or secure um, in his capabilities. So I don't know. I just think Washington is going to continue to be this mediocre basketball team that we have conversations with about in the East, but never will put them in that conversation of advancing in the East and going to the NBA Finals. 
So yeah, only and, 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 time will and, tell. And, and, you know, I'm sorry, Kelsey, and, and it also seemed like that window, too, you know, when you guys were in the Eastern Conference, it seemed like that window closed so fast. Mm-hmm. You know, it closed so fast. And, and not just what the, the case with the Wizards, the same thing with the Atlanta Hawks. You know, they won 60 games, and they, they, haven't, they haven't sniffed it since. And that lets you also know how quickly your window can close on you. Right. And talking about that window, I have to switch over to another team here in the DMV. We're going to go from bad to worse. I know nobody wanted to do that, but yes, my University of Maryland Terrapins football team is in continued turmoil. We've been talking about it since the unfortunate passing, and may he rest in peace, of Jordan McNair back in June, on June 13th. But I'm talking about University of Maryland because by now we've all heard about just the horrific reports that have come out of the University of Maryland. We have former quarterbacks like Boomer Sison saying, you know, the firing of D.J. Durkin uh, was the right move. But moving past that, I want to talk just football. And let's talk Big Ten football. That, how, how does Maryland rebuild from this? Because right now, we know the University of Maryland football team, I mean, their last game, first of all, their fans' attendance went down. And if you actually saw the game, you could just tell the players weren't fully there. It was just bad football all around. So I'll start with you, Palmer. I mean, can the University of Maryland come back from this? Can they rebuild their football team? to be a contender, let's say, in college football and overall the Big Ten? Yeah, yes, they can. And and I, I'll tell you and I tell you how how they do it. And this this is just my opinion from, from the Big Twelve looking in on the Big Ten, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would take a I would take a page out of the Penn State playbook. Uh because we we saw how how bad that situation was all the way around, all the mm-hmm. way around, and how it, how it affected the university uh, on the field and in the public eye. And we always are concerned with optics. And I think from from an optics standpoint, that the University of Maryland they have to get out uh, in front of it, and they have to make sure that. Uh, that they, you know, that they're uh, having all their I's and T's dotted across, you know, moving forward because this this is bad. This affects recruiting. Uh, this affects everything in between. Uh, this affects the alumni. So you want to be able to make sure that you can still be able to recruit, but also uh, still maintains the dignity uh, for the university. Hmm. And, Ray, I mean, he talks about maintaining the dignity. So you're a parent, Ray. And from the reports, I mean, I'll just give one of the quotes that came out of the report. So, of course, there were there were reports that the Trent Post, Rick Court, threw weight at Terrapin players, called them anti-gay slurs, and forced them to watch disturbing videos of serial killers, drills entering eyeballs, and bloody scenes with animals eating animals while they were eating. So just hearing that, and then, of course, if you're a parent and you see all this stuff about Maryland football on the news, specifically how can Maryland football pitch to a potential player to come to their program as they begin to rebuild? Yeah, that, that, that report is a little wild to me. Like, I'm, I'm a little taken mm-hmm. aback. Like, that's my first time hearing it. Like, I can't – like, what do you gain from watching that type of video? Like, I don't understand what his methods were or what he was trying to accomplish by subjecting them to that type of material. Um, like I said, as being a parent – I wouldn't feel comfortable allowing my child to go to that school under that coaching staff. Granted, they've made the changes now, so it may be a little different, 
But still, the fact that it was allowed to happen and no one caught on to it, I don't know why the other players didn't feel comfortable maybe reporting it or, or maybe expressing concern about it. it. makes me feel cautious about even allowing my child to go to a school like that. Um, granted, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be sharp and on their P's and Q's now. Um, but I would need right. a little bit of time in between. Like, hey, you know what, let's make sure there's no other incidents that may come out or any other reports that may reveal things that haven't come to light yet because there still may be other things that, that may be reported on. Um, but those details, yeah. videos, and, and throwing weights at kids, like, I mean, that's that's uncalled for. He, The person should not have a job ever again in sports dealing with children or in sports, period, I believe, honestly. Um, so I, I definitely would take him back by that. And I would, I, as a parent, I wouldn't allow my kid, my child, to even apply to that school. Like, now we're good. Yeah, I, and it's hurtful. And let me put this disclaimer out because I've had some people come to me on social media like, "Oh, you would never say anything about anything bad about the University of Maryland since you graduated from there." And blase, blase. Wrong is wrong. At the end of the day, I'm Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Yes, I'm a turp by affiliation, but I am not a Maryland. I was not a Maryland, a Maryland Terrapin when I came into this world. And yes, I'll be want to go out of this world, but that is not going to be the only thing I'm known for. I don't care where it is, or even if it's anybody affiliated with me. What the University of Maryland football program did was wrong. I know people are saying, "Oh, there's no evidence that Dirk knew about it." No, if you're a coach, you should know every single thing happening in your program, especially with people that you hired and brought onto your coaching staff. There's no excuse for that. I think you brought up a good example. Uh, Palmer with Penn State University, and obviously their program has been able to bounce back. I think Maryland will bounce back, but wrong is wrong. I think bringing DJ Durgan back was the wrong situation. I think they got rid of him after public, uh, the public court of opinion got into the University of Maryland for bringing him back. But I, I, I continue to feel for the players at this time, and I really hope that they can bounce back. Uh, from the situation because it's a media circus going on right now. They're having to deal with trying to win games and trying to go to classes and have a personal life. It's yeah. a lot going on. But, Marilyn, you did wrong, but you can bounce back. I do believe in uh, second chances. So I don't know if I had a kid, if I would send them to the University of Maryland. I think they have whoever they have as their next head coach they hire permanently, they will have a big task at hand. And Damon, Edmonds will have, Damon Evans, the athletic director, will have a lot to prove to not just the alumni, but the whole country as all eyes are on Maryland right now to see what they do next. And to stay on that, let's switch to a more positive note in my sports around the nation segment. Let's go to NFL week nine. So let's talk about it. One of the biggest players being talked about right now is Saints ride receiver, Michael Thomas. Many are calling him the league's most underrated player. And if that's not enough, he put up a franchise record of 211 receiving yards on cornerback Marcus Peters. Oh my gosh. I mean, think about that. Uh, and situations. And, and then if that's not enough, everyone is talking about his touchdown celebration. If you did not see it, he paid tribute to Joe Horn, Joe Horn. And when Joe Horn saw it, he said, when I saw him bring out that cell phone, I teared up. That's something that kids don't do to pay homage to an old soul. Let me start with you, Palmer. <laughs> Michael Thomas, do you believe he is one of the league's most underrated players? Absolutely. Absolutely positively. You know, we spend so much time talking about Odell Beckham and, and, and Julio Jones. This guy right here is one of the best, hands down. Uh, watched him yesterday and, and been watching him uh, frequently throughout the season. I mean, he catches everything. I believe um, he had this ridiculous uh, catch ratio. I think he caught up to 60 balls that have been thrown out of 64 attempts. He's something like 60 out of 64. I mean, that is unbelievable pulling in all those passes that's been targeted towards you. Unbelievable. Wow. Right, now, and just right. go ahead, Ray. Start a little bit. Uh, so, 
let's say, what's your top five receivers? Uh, any order or this you want to write? Good question. <clears throat> my top five? Uh, Michael Thomas is, is definitely number one. Mm. I love Robert Woods with, with the Rams. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Do I have to go five, five, four, three, two, one? Or no, no, no. I'm just clarifying that Robert Woods is in your top five. Oh yes, yes. Robert Woods is he definitely is in my personal top five. Interesting. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Down there. Uh, down with the uh, the Houston Texans. Yep. Still big Amari Cooper fan, despite that he's with the Cowboys. <laughs> I, know. I, I know, I know, I know. And 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 believe it or not, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen has just been flat out balling since he has come mm-hmm. into the league. It just. Just like after a while, you have to you have to tip your cap. The, the guy gets it done. He just always gets open. and He catches everything. Wow, mm. I, I definitely didn't expect some of those names you uh, mentioned. You left off a couple of guys. I, I don't. I thought we were going to be automatic. So that's a good <laughs> perspective to uh, to see a different opinion. Yeah, wow. I mean because I mean we I mean we always know who who's always going to be mentioned, but those are other guys that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm watching him getting it done. I definitely – I like that uh, Robert Woods pick. He's on my fantasy team, so I definitely have been watching him very closely. Uh, he's been putting up some good numbers. He's very consistent. And also Adam Thielen, he's on my other fantasy team. So mm-hmm. I definitely can agree with those two picks. I expected you to say uh, uh, A.J. Green, though, um, or, or maybe uh, Antonio Brown. Um, how do you feel about those two guys? you think they're living on name alone at this point in their careers oh. or – Oh, oh no! I mean, uh, Antonio Brown. He that that's a that's a bad man. I uh, I remember when uh, when the Steelers drafted him. I think he was a seventh round pick, and I was I was really kind of upset. You know, I'm out of Rams practice and I'm watching some of these guys run around field that were you know third round picks or fourth round picks, and they weren't doing the things that Antonio Brown was doing. Uh, just just, just unbelievable, and and look how hard he worked, you know, and all the work that he put in. Uh, Green in Cincinnati, love watching him play. Big physical guy. Again, uh, I love the way he goes up to get the ball, especially up in the red zone. Uh, those are the guys I would put, you know, on. I would say my honorable mention, but I love those guys too. Phenomenal players, but those five I mentioned. Those guys are just just flat out getting it done. I would have I would have said Deshaun Jackson, you know, if uh, <laughs> you know, Tampa Bay had a one. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay with wide receivers. We need to we need to give love to Julio Jones because yes, he scored. Everyone I think has been waiting for for the Falcons star to find the end zone. For, he found it for the first time, you guys, since January sixth. Oh my gosh. When Atlanta beat the Rams in the wild card round, which is crazy, right? Like just when you guys saw Julio Jones score, let me go to you first, Ray. What was your initial thought? I'm gonna be honest with you, I said, Of course he scored. It was against the Redskins. I wonder how you guys are so cool and calm and selected. Redskins fans are going to be all in Ray's mentions, okay? That was, that was my first thought. I said, of course he scored. He was playing the Redskins. And then my second thought was, how many times did he score? <laughs> I 
obviously Ray has no love for the Redskins and all love for Julio Jones, but let me go to you now, Palmer. I mean, Julio, what does this do now to his season? Is this the momentum swinger that he needed? Yeah, and, and you know what? Uh, he needs it, and Matt Ryan needs it. And uh, Matt Ryan is a very talented quarterback, one of the best in the league. I'm waiting to see can he do it in January. Uh, that's what I'm waiting for the real Matty I should show up. But having Julio get this touchdown, we're going to the second half of the season. Uh, let's see if this lights something uh, inside them. They get they, their, um, you know, their connection going, their chemistry going back, going again like they normally do. Uh, because you know what? Any one of those teams in the NFC South can take down the Rams in the playoffs. Mm. All right. All right. We'll hold to that one. And staying with that, let's go over some of the other big storylines of week nine. So Phillip Rivers, of course, he led the Chargers to six and to their biggest win of the season. On the same day, you guys, he became the fourth quarterback to start 200 consecutive games behind Brett Favre, Eli Manning, and Peyton Manning. What do you think about the job he's doing down with the Chargers, Palmer? It just seems like he just keeps keeps on. He is like a Timex watch, right? I mean, he just keeps on mm-hmm. ticking. And and you look at a guy uh, like Philip Rivers, and you always wonder, like, man, uh, why hasn't this guy gotten to a Super Bowl yet? You know, mm-hmm. where, where, where's, where's this AFC championship games? And the, the things that seem to always fail him in the playoffs is, is defense. And you kind of get used to watching what he does in the regular season, almost like, like Matt Ryan, uh, but but let's not let's not. I don't want to. I want to make a uh, little of what he's doing. Again, he's on his way to another Hall of Fame career, Hall of Fame season. He just keeps getting it done, and it's it's amazing. Uh, again, Kels, you look at the productivity of not just him, but but the Chargers, uh, the way they're able to, to 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 crank up over 400 yards worth of offense almost every single game. But then come January, the real team shows up. Mm, and all eyes will be on January. And speaking of quarterbacks, Ray, our man Drew Brees down in New Orleans. Some people are saying he should be in that MVP conversation. His current 120.6 passer rating is just a touch, you guys, off the single-season mark that is held by none other than Aaron Rodgers at 122.5. What do you think, Ray? Is, is, is Drew Brees well on his way to MVP? I think I think it may still be up for grabs. Patrick Mahomes is putting up some crazy numbers right now. Um, and he has a lot of weapons, so he can continue with that. Uh, but Drew Brees is Drew Brees. I think it's really time for people to start considering Drew Brees in that GOAT category. It seems like, you know, last week uh, we had Drew Brees – I'm sorry, uh, Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers as the two GOATs or whatever. But a lot of times it seems like Drew Brees is left out of that conversation. Um, but if you look at the numbers, he's he's up there as far as touchdowns, yards, completions. He's in, those, in that conversation a lot. And I, I feel like it's time – for him to really be consistently mentioned. I think if he gets another Super Bowl, there's no mm-hmm. denying that he's going to have to be consistently in that conversation every time it's brought up. And I think that may be the issue that he only has that one. Granted, Aaron Rodgers yeah. is But it just seems like he just gets left out of that. I don't know if it's because of the team he's on. He always has a lot of weapons around him. I'm not really sure what it is. But we once you start, like once it's all said and done and you start comparing those numbers, you got to consider him as the top three, top two, maybe even number one quarterback of all time. Oh, all right. Well, staying with quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson. People are talking about things are getting bad in Baltimore. There is conversation about John Harbaugh being possibly 
on the axing block and people are asking if Flacco, we're still asking this age old question, you guys, is Flacco elite? Now, of course, there are many opinions on that, but many people are saying, what in the world are they doing with Lamar Jackson? He had just two yards, you guys, on five carries. That's the average right now. Two yards on five carries. He had 112 yards completion. Let me ask you, Palmer, what do you think about the job Lamar Jackson is doing in Baltimore? Are you pleased with it? Are they using him the wrong way? Uh, I, I, I don't think they figured out how to use him uh, right. And, and sometimes when you get uh, players like him and you get him coming to a team like Baltimore and you, they, they've kind of got that old scent they kind of uh, set in after a while, same coaches, staff, same principles, what, so what. And, you know, a lot of times they get stale. And, and I think mm-hmm. that, you know, when you get a guy like with all those uh, athletic capabilities, you got to find ways to tailor things to what makes him good. And I don't think they're doing him uh, any justice in Baltimore right now. And, and it may be the coaches, staff. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we will have to keep our eyes on Baltimore. And last but not least, saying in the quarterback round, Ben Roethlisberger. If you guys saw, he is not afraid to kick on fourth down. If you remember Sunday's matchup against the Baltimore Ravens, his fourth, his first quarter pooch was the seventh punt. All right, of his 15-year career. Ray, did you get a chance to watch that at all? I thought it was pretty funny, honestly. Um, just to see how they're doing it. It's not something you'll see every day. You know, it's probably not really a highlight of his career, but yeah. <laughs> a memorable moment in his career. So it's always good to see something out of the ordinary. It was, it was. If you guys remember the first time, it's the first time that any quarterback has done that since Tom Terrific back in 2013. So we have to wait a little while. Now let's play on the football ranks. Let's go to my Are You Serious Right Now segment. LSU, you guys, is the talk of the football world. If you did not hear about it, which I don't know where you've been, uh, number one, Alabama, of course, knocked off number three, LSU on Saturday night. And then other than, Seth Valley with a 29-0 shutout, securing the SEC West crown. I will let's just get into it. I'll start with you, Way. What in the world went wrong with LSU? Um, I think it's pretty simple. Alabama is what went wrong with them. Alabama uh, <laughs> is, is an NFL team, pretty much. Like they were overmatched. Coaching staff, mm-hmm. players, fans, alumni, like whatever way you want to take it, they they were just overmatched and. They couldn't compete. I mean, they tried to compete, but it, the level, the skill level was just, it was just too much for them to handle. And Alabama's Alabama, so I don't, I don't, I don't blame LSU for it at all. They, they definitely gave a valiant effort. They were just overmatched. Mm, overmatched. So one hundred and two thousand three hundred and twenty-one people were watching this game in the stadium, and all eyes were on, of course, Alabama's sophomore quarterback Tua. And let me ask you, Palmer. Does he have what it takes to lead Alabama back to the promised land? Are we going to see them back with the with the championship ring? You think so far? Oh yeah, absolutely. And and I tell you something else. Uh, not just with that, but with the solid running game and everything around. Uh, it's just like watching a pro team, and it's almost like you uh, you kind of almost expect them to do it. And that's the thing. Alabama kind of have you kind of almost trained to expect them to be number one. And, and whenever you see them lose, it's almost 
like a big surprise, right? Because you don't really expect it. You get so used to seeing them do it because they're a powerhouse. And, you know, they coach right. up the right way. Uh, they tackle good. <laughs> they, they, you know, they don't throw the ball much. But when they do throw it, <laughs> they always make sure that they're executing everything properly. I mean, uh, it really doesn't get better. But that's why we don't like them because they're that good. <laughs> right. They just continue to dominate. It's like Alabama's always in the conversation. You always got to hear somebody yell a roll tie. But, I mean, Alabama has, has gotten to that point. So let me ask you both, quick yes or no question. Do you have the Alabama quarterback as the Heisman Trophy front runner? I'll start with you, Palmer. Yes or no? No. No, okay, okay. And Ray? I'm going to go with no also. All right, all right. Well, quick one-sentence answers. I'll start with you, Palmer. Why not? Well, I'm I'm still just not – I'm still not sold yet. I just think that – uh, it just, just maybe it's just a little bit of, of my bias, and I'm letting my, my fan of my bias for, for Alabama stand <laughs> yeah. out. I'm sorry. That is one of the few times I get a chance to be a fan, and I'm laying the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Believe me, uh, a sorry. lot of us are against Alabama. So I'm he sorry. showed 25 of 40, 42 passing for 295 yards. He had two touchdowns, and, of course, he had the one interception, which was his first of the season. So right now, you, why no? Why is he not in your front row list for the Heisman? I don't know. I just feel like it's still a lot of time left in the season. Um, he finally had a chink in his armor. He threw his first interception. I think teams will uh, maybe, maybe not, maybe figure out, okay, maybe this is what we should try to do. LSU was able to have a, a little bit of success against him. Granted, after he threw the interception, he just turned the game around and started bombing away. Um, but I just feel like it's still a little early. He's still young. He may have some type of drop-off, you know, once the, the weather gets a little colder, it's a little less passing, uh, they may start handing the ball off. So you might see a dip in his numbers and his stats. Um, so I feel like kind of like wait and see. I don't I don't know that he'll be the front runner right now. Right. I mean, he's having, I'll say, one hell of a season. But I'm like you guys. I'm not sold just yet. And luckily we still have a lot of college football yet. But, geez, LSU fans, I feel for them. I mean, all those memes going around social media, my heart really goes out to them. Getting shut out, especially at home, against Alabama, I don't think it gets any worse than that. But, Palmer, I have to thank you so much for joining us. This was a fun conversation. Oh, I really appreciate you guys having me on. It's, uh, boy, I tell you, time flies by when we talk to sports having fun. It does. I wish we had a whole nother hour. We could just sit here and talk <laughs> all things and everything. But I know for me and Ray, we enjoyed having you. We'll have to come out to St. Louis one day to come show you love um, on your show. Before we let you go, tell the people where they can find you and follow you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the legend K I L. That's one L and Kill. Uh, at the End of Zone Show, In the Zone Show Live, uh, and all our shows are on Podomatic, so you can check us out. We got some brand new interviews that are out. And matter of fact, check out the one that we did with uh, with your very own Kelsey Nicole Nelson. So. She was kind enough to come on the show. She rocked it out. So we had a good time. So I appreciate you doing that. Hey, learning from the greats like you, just trying to be like you when I grow up over here. (laughs) Always a pleasure to have you on. And, of course, your DMV roots, always even more glad uh, to have you on DMV. Would always love to welcome you back, and we'll have to have you back on. Yeah, absolutely. So, and uh, thank you so much, uh, Ray. Big hand salute to you. And I want to say hello to my mom and dad and my Aunt Mary and Mike out there. Always have a show love to the family. Family first. 
All right, so that's a wrap for this edition of Listening with KNN. I hope you had fun, learned something, and of course, jumped in on the KNN bandwagon. Be sure to listen in each and every week for new shows that drop online at Fox Sports. 1340am.com at That's Not Enough. The show is also available for download on iTunes and Google Play. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Your feedback and support matter. Until next week, enjoy the sports world, smile, and don't take your fantasy sports too seriously because there's always another play. Follow Kelsey on Twitter at the Real K Nelson. You've been listening to Listen In with KNN on AM thirteen forty and ninety six point nine FM Fox Sports Radio.